With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. So God, it's faith-based. It's so you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept the evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about Baltoads? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable. This is a weekly live show featuring me. I'm your host. My name is Andrew Garver. I want you to follow me on Facebook. Send me a friend request. On Facebook, I need friends in order to validate myself. I have a very low self-esteem, and so I really need you to send me your friend request to make me validate myself. Uh, send me your friend request. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable. This show goes live, but I always do a little bit of free show right before the show goes live, and you can find that by liking the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable on Facebook. And you should always go and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave me your oh-so-coveted five-star review. That would be fantastic. I enjoy listening to Christian radio, okay? I know. I'm weird. I'm crazy. That's fine. I feel like I listen to it so that you don't have to. Also, I do this show, and it has a great just endless supply of stuff that I can talk about on this show. So I enjoy listening to Christian radio. And the other day, I'm listening, and pre-introduced going over the story of Genesis. You know the story. There's an Adam, there's an Eve, there's a talking snake. You all know the story, right? And he's ta- making up, well, he's actually making a lot of crappy points that I can refute. But the one that I want to dissect tonight uh, is the one that where he wants to give me a reason why God places the serpent, uh, well, no, why God places the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden in the first place, right? Not, not the serpent, but why God places the tree there. Because an all-knowing, all-good God would know, right, what was going to happen when God put the tree there, right? And it's almost like God be setting humanity up for failure because he know what's going on. I mean, all you have to do to avoid the fall of humanity is just not put the tree there, right? Just not have a tree. You don't have to make a tree. You just don't do that, and then things go great. But no, uh, the preacher dude apparently heard things like this before, right? And he wanted to address why God had to put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden in the first place. 
Now, uh, see, this is the preacher's reasoning here, so just just hang with me for a second, all right? You see, God wants to give us freedom, and that means he has to restrict us. Now, I know that sounds like a contradiction. Sounds like a contradiction, but those don't show up in the Bible, so we just need to look harder at this. <laughs> so, that, that, that's awesome. The analogy that my preacher buddy was making was if you think of a football game, right? Just had a big football game happen, right? Something about some screaming chickens winning some game, right? If you think about a football game, without the rules to that game, there is no game. You need the uh, middle zones and the end zones with the lines in between. You've got to have the side lines and the grid lines. All those things are important in order to give you the rules of fight and that's how a game forms. You say, without these rules, you, you'd just have chaos, wouldn't you? Players be running into the parking lot trying to score a touchdown, because that's exactly how that would work. God, likewise, needs to give us rules so that we can live free lives. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be just like that football player trying to score a touchdown by running into the parking lot, because that's exactly how anyone would play football if there wasn't a line to designate the end the end zone was. I, I I guess I don't know. You can tell I'm not into sports. Okay, just just I, 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 it, it's not my thing. My point here is rules make the game, right? God gives us rules so we can live free lives, right? Well, I mean, you're, you're going to live a free life uh, as long as you live within God's rules. Like, you certainly can't go outside uh, what God wants you to do. Otherwise, that's where Satan's going to get you, right? Outside of God's rules is the sin zone, right? You get into that sin zone and you will all the bad things happen when you get into the sin zone, right? you got to play with God's rules inside of with what God has regulated you're able to do. Basically, as long as you do exactly what God wants you to do, what God says you can do, when he says you can do it, in the manner that he tells you, you have complete freedom. That's how freedom works. (laughs) I mean, I guess when you say it like that, now it sounds crazy, right? I guess when you put it that way, now it sounds ridiculous. But it just seems to me that when, when you're a religious person, when you're a believer, that you're just so blinded by your faith so blinded by your beliefs that you don't even recognize what 
freedom looks like anymore. A person can tell you that all you have to do is do exactly what God wants you to do, when he wants you, want, when he wants you to do it, how he wants you to do it, all the time. And that's freedom, and you buy it. It seems like faith places you in this weird gilded cage, right, that you can't see through, right? It's not like the bars are made of gold. It's like you're placed in a gold room. Are any of you guys Supernatural fans? Uh, I I, I like the show. It's okay. There is a theme sometimes, right at way in the beginning when we're first introduced to Archangels, one of the characters gets placed in this holding room. It's a really, really, really nice room. He's got all the things that he wants to eat. He's got all the things that he could ever want. And he's in this room as a visit. And, and it takes him a while, right? It takes him a while to realize that he can't leave, and that this is a prison. But the nicest prison is still a prison, and there's no freedom permitted in prison. And that's why you have to do, even for that character, he had to do exactly what he was supposed to do. Otherwise, sins bad thing, right? Rules don't make a game. Players make a game, right? The rules allow for a competition to happen in a sportsmanlike manner, right? Good sportsmanship. The words good sportsmanship do not refer to how well a player obeys the rules of a game, right? Good sportsmanship is about how well a player treat other players. That's what games are about. Have you ever played Monopoly? Of course you have. There are house rules so common that they're even included in electronic versions of the game. You can buy it for your PlayStation Xbox and you can you you will often find there are house rules that you can play with in your electronic version. There's not such to be a reward for landing on free parking, but so common is this house rule that instructions often refer to it. Now, imagine just for a second that you've never played Monopoly before, and you go to one house and you play with where the free parking rule is the uh, the official rule, nothing happens. Then you go to another player, uh, another house, and they play where you get five hundred bucks when you land on free parking. Well. What was one of those versions not really Monopoly? Was there? Did you play some something else besides Monopoly when you played the other version? Right. Which one was more of a game? Which one do you enjoy more? Which one do you win? Does it even matter? Games aren't content. Hey, the most rules. There is a game I know, actually, that the, the, the game is to obey the, the – never mind. Most games that people are aware of are not a contest of who can obey the most rules. Games are played for the enjoyment of the players, or in some cases, they're also played for the enjoyment of 
sex haters. In my younger years, I used to do an awful lot of role play, right? Big games like Dungeons and Dragons. And the very first rule everyone knows about Dungeons and Dragons is the first rule is have fun. If you don't like a rule, change it. If you really don't like a rule, ignore it. Make up some of your own. This is a game. In life, in real life, we get to make up our own rules. And that's super empowering and ridiculously terrifying. We have to make our own rules, and we have to be able to create change and ignore rules that do not encourage the enjoyment of life for all. We have to make sure that if we make a rule, if we make a law that prevents some people from pursuing happiness, that we can get rid of that thing. We have to be able to find ways of doing things better today than we did yesterday. That's called progress. Look at your favorite sport game, right? Is the sport played exactly the same way as it was 100 years ago? Probably not. Because we found new, cooler, better ways of doing it. And isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? Dungeons and Dragons has gone through how many editions? Because it's still fun to play. And the rules are still malleable enough to be able to make it fun for everyone. We just, we don't get to hold on to rules just because we think it came from a god, from some imaginary authority speaking to us from some weird dimension. We have to be able to know what rules actually work for us and be able to change and grow and create. What a magnificent, awesome responsibility that is. What a magnificent, awesome and terrible responsibility that is. And I think that once we, you and me and everyone around us grasp how amazingly awesome we could make this game of life, we can do it. And that's a message of hope. That's a message of just plain amazingness and awesome. I just dig it. Gives me nice, warm fuzzies all over. Just, just right. Oh. You guys can't tell. But I'm just looking around, seeing if people are watching on Facebook, if they're listening at all. I'm about 15 minutes into a live show, and I want to know if I want to go on for 15 more minutes. And you know what? I love the sound of my own voice. I'm going to keep going. That's what I'm going to do. Just a minute ago, talked about the sin zone, right? You go outside of God's rules, you end up in the sin zone. I remember a couple of conversations I've had with believers about the uh, concept of sin. I, I, I don't know how well I did with them. So let me... Uh, let me try this out on you, see if I do a better job of explaining my position to you than I did to them, okay? Think of sin as like uh, something that offends God, 
since I don't believe that a God exists, sin is imaginary, just like God is, right? But I kind of want to take a look at things that are considered to be sins. I mean, there are a lot of things that are considered to be sins. In my Catholic background, there's more than one kind of sin. There are venial sins, there are mortal sins, right? And you have to be, you have to do different rituals and things in order to cleanse oneself of having a venial sin versus a mortal sin. Very, very complicated, and I'm not getting into that tonight. But for simplicity's sake, maybe we, we could just uh, stick with uh, the Ten Commandments, for example, right? So sins would be things like uh, working on the Sabbath or killing, stealing, adultery, coveting. That's a real useful commandment there. Uh, taking the Lord's name in vain, having other gods. Honestly, I don't have any idea how things like child abuse or spousal abuse, slavery could be missing from these things. I mean, you think that if you're going to make a top ten list of naughty things to do, rape and slavery could maybe make the top ten, but instead we get coveting. Conversation with these believers, one of the points that they wanted to make were that things that I would say are mistakes were sins, right? When I screw up and have a spelling error, I would be sinning in some way, right? Um, or if I accidentally offended someone because I said something offensive, like, I don't know, God is imaginary. <laughs> if I offended someone with that, then even though that wasn't my intention, that would still be a sin, right? Seemingly sin is my point. And I I just feel like mistakes couldn't possibly be sins. They're in a completely different category, mostly because they actually happen, right? I'm reminded of an old Sesame Street song. You guys remember Sesame Street, right? Sesame Street was the what was how you got your sense of humor too. Yes, for me, no one ever. No one expects you to never make a mistake, and people easily forgive you when you do make a mistake. You forgot the milk at the store? No problem. We'll get it next time. You locked your keys in the car? Man, I hate it when that happens, don't you? But so what, right? Nobody needs to get nailed to a tree because I spilled my drink, right? That, that's just crazy. To, to, to compare and contrast, what I'm trying to say is that sins offend this God. And when this God gets offended, he requires a blood sacrifice in order to not be offended anymore. Mistakes might offend people, but people just forgive just because they want to. People, people forgive mistakes all the time without requiring blood sacrifice, heck, without even having any effort. People just forgive. Every day, someone around you makes a mistake. You go, hey, you made a mistake. They go, whoa, I made a mistake. And you go, ha, ha, you made a mistake. And it's just that easy. People forgive other people's mistakes 
with a chuckle. God has to have blood in order to forgive us sins. What is and that's there's a bit of there's a bit of a contrast here is what I'm trying to describe say. Nobody, no human has ever tried to demand a blood sacrifice. No human I know has ever tried to come demand a blood sacrifice in order to amend for any mistake. That'd just be crazy. And again, I really think that nobody no one sins. God is imaginative. Offending him is like offending the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> you could piss off a caveman. They're extinct. Remember those car insurance commercials with caveman? That was great. And it's okay to make mistakes, right? Even if you thought God was real, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to admit to making a mistake. Go ahead. It's easy. So easy a caveman can do it. <laughs> All right, never mind. I just, I, <laughs> I did the case. I just think that uh, comparing a mistake to a sin is, in fact, a mistake because there's everyone recognizes. People use sin as some kind of weapon make people do what they want them to do in the way they want them to do it. They want to use sin as some bludgeoning tool in order to force people back into the game that God that they say God wants them to play while they espouse some kind of weird freedom that happens when you play by God's Mistakes are easy. Sin be weaponized. That's the bad part. That's the other All right, look. I've rambled on, I think, long enough. I really think that I have indeed rambled on long enough. I really want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you all for sharing the podcast, sharing the videos for the podcast, for all the things that you do. Thank you so much. Oh, oh yeah, I'm wearing my Reason Con 3 shirt tonight. I didn't get to go to reasons because, um, um, well, I suck. Is the reason I didn't get to go to Reason Con 3. One of these days, there'll be a Reason Con 4, and I totally plan on being there for that. But if you have never heard of Reason Con before, uh, just check out ReasonNC.com. You'll find the past Reason Con. All awesome things happen. Um, it's the only atheist conference that I've ever been to was ReasonCon 2. And uh, it was absolutely amazing. Absolutely the best time ever. I believe the next one's not scheduled until 2019. So we have some time for some planning to do. Make sure that we all get to be there. Um, uh, let's see here. So, thank you. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable. Do all the things that make that uh, make this show popular. And doing that because I, every one of you is just freaking amazing. And so, until next time, I'm going to sign off here. Uh, I really wish that uh, all of these things could work just wonderfully together. 
cut the game. So there you go. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. God isn't here. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of Atheists, Humanists, and Agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God isn't here. We are. Take care of yourselves. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.